Welcome to Worst Ever Podcast. I'm yes, host? welcome. To the, well, hold on. What? Yeah, let me welcome to Christine. Uh, okay, go. I just did. Welcome. I'm your host, Christine Lakin. She is not. I'm your host, Alaa Khaled. Um, and the podcast today is sponsored by Paleo Secret. Alaa, have you tried the yeah. Paleo Secret diet? I have. And what do you think? Well, I, I, it's going to sound crazy, but it works. Yeah. Because um, I lost 26 pounds when I did it. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you I something. I did it last year. Actually. I know. I remember when you were walking to Trader Joe's to get all of your food. And then you and guess what? Back. I have to do it again. No, I know you definitely have to do it again because you've been in New yeah. York and you've been drinking and eating things that you should not be having. Correct. Here's the thing. I've been doing it lately. I I just wanted to feel better. It wasn't really for me like about, you know, necessarily losing weight, but although that is a side effect if you need to. Um for me it was just I wanted to feel better. I wanted to have more energy. You know, I felt like I'm getting older. There's like joint pains, there's like creaking, there's, you know, there's just stuff that I don't didn't have when I was in my early 30s or even my late 20s. And uh so I just kind of wanted to like cleanse the body, if that if that makes sense, by eating like real whole goodness, like good whole foods. So that's what's so awesome about this thing. Um, I've been doing it now for about a week, uh, and I've definitely had more energy. I've had better sleep, and my skin. I think I think my skin looks really good. I haven't been wearing makeup for the last two days, and someone just told me yesterday that my skin looks amazing. So I'm going to credit Bailey. Wow, I know. Um... Okay, well, listen, I'm going to tell you this. Your skin does look better. Thank you. Because uh, you were looking a little rough around the edges for a bit. <gasps> How dare you? And what I love, listen, what I love about it was it's like, doesn't feel like you're doing a diet because right. I was constantly eating, okay? But by eliminating those, you know, extra things like sugars and, and, uh, and, and those uh, carbohydrates and it, it's actually it pretty easy to more, do, even if you're eating out. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. you're focusing on just like whole real food, you know, eggs Correct. and fish and fruits and veggies. Yeah. So when Rock you sign up, yeah. it's great. When you sign yeah. up for the Paleo Secret, you're going to get lots of different recipes and tips, and it's going to tell you all this great stuff about how you can do this. So you can try it today at www.thepaleosecret.com backslash worst. And you can reclaim your health, your youth, and your energy. For a limited time, they're giving all of our listeners 50% off the entire health transformation. That's huge. You get all five free bonuses as well as access to their private Facebook group starting at $13.50, which is completely risk-free. And as we all know, if you're going to make a huge lifestyle change, it's nice to have other people around to support you. So thank it you, Kelly. It's great Secret. to have that. Yeah, because I mean, let's be honest. Oh, you know, you need all the support you can get. Winter 100%. belly. <laughs> Listen, here we go. Today on the podcast, we have someone named by the name of Rob Bagshaw. Rob Bagshaw, friend. Friend. Uh, Rob is a producer of reality and He's TV an shows. Executive producer, by Sorry. the way. Executive producer. And yeah. he has done shows such as. Project Runway All Stars, huge, yep. and lots Which of other I'm ones. Currently, currently with him on right now, wrapping it up. Okay, you don't have to brag. We all know you know and love the Rob. I love the Rob too. 
He's British, so get ready. Your ear holes are really going to love this British accent. I am a sucker for British accent. Allah. 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 (laughs) Rob's really interesting. It's an awesome interview, so I hope you guys enjoy it. It's awesome. And listen to me. Him and I are good friends, but we get in a fight every day on set. And he calls me Allah. (laughs) Genius. Here's Rob. The worst moments of our life. Hey, girl. Hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of, like, worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. And that was my worst audition How bad can I be? <laughs> and we feel the pain is best or funny. Welcome, Welcome to, to Worst Ever. Are we going to do this every time? Every fucking Jesus. time. Jesus. <laughs> Welcome to Worst Ever Welcome. Podcast. I am your host, Christine Lakin. I'm your host, Ala Khaled. Mm. Today on the podcast, we have a very interesting guest by the name of Rob Bagshaw. You may not know this name, but you probably know a ton of things that this gentleman has produced and worked on, such as Uh, Project Project Runway, Runway. All Stars, All Stars, Big Difference. Big Difference. He has worked on uh, many British productions. He's worked on many Australian productions. He's British. I know that. Okay. Okay. But then he has taken some of these properties into America. And he's also, he, are you still, or, well, are you currently the executive? Who are you right now? My current title? Yeah. My unemployed. Cur- <laughs> <laughs> no, we're about to go into another season of Project Runway All Stars, no, which were- is my favorite show that I do. Okay. And I don't say that every time I'm doing a show, we're- just because it's the current one. We're going to get into that. But hold on a second, Rob. You were the senior vice president of Bunham and Murray, New York. I was senior vice president of Bunham Murray Productions uh, for development and production. Uh, I ran the New York office, uh, but they're based in Los Angeles and have been around for 25 plus years because they pretty much started the reality genre with the real world on MTV in 1992. And I want to, which is like the birth of reality television for sure. And John Murray of Bunham Murray really created that show along with Mary Alice Bunham and. invented this new genre that's been going forever now and that's still going there um mtv yes season 32 i think they're about to go into Crazy. in its new incarnation i mean it changes as the years go on but the basic structure has been the same now i've known rob and- for what five years five years now seven well no because i wasn't there for season one to i were I, I work along with rob on project runway all-stars but i I wasn't there for, we weren't for the there first for, two seasons. You're right. Yeah. Right. So we're doing season seven and Alyssa has, this will be Alyssa's fifth season. Correct. Wow. So five years. Yeah. Right. Um, there are other numerous productions that you've worked on. I'm just going to rattle off a few things from your resume. That is, uh, but you're right. A lot long. of American uh, listeners won't be aware of a lot of these shows in the UK, but I, I take a lot of those hits in the, in the UK and then, div- um, rework the format right. so that it works in a different country. Right. Like for instance, for some of you who are say big brother fans, you, that is a format that started overseas, just like a lot of these other things that you have taken and kind of sort of reimagined and brought to the U S I mean, some of these probably have worked and some of them have not, but I love some of these titles. I just have to run some of these off. Obviously people know project runway all stars. They know things like top chef masters. They know things like maybe, um, uh, Castaway uh, or Paradise Hotel too. Oh, I, can't I got to talk, to talk about, about that, that one. Uh, so I Paradise Hotel is a really interesting one because that's the show that brought me to America. But okay. we developed it in the UK. It was my idea, along with a friend of mine, uh, and 
Fox were very interested and then a network in the UK were very interested and both gave us a tiny little lump sum of money to do a pilot. And without telling each one, we pulled the money together, went off to Morocco and shot the pilot as though it was a episode in the middle of a season, showed that to both networks and Fox picked it up. So we ended up doing it here in America first. And it was kind of like a cult hit. A lot of people in in television know the show and and then I exec the show in other countries. And it's actually a much bigger hit in a lot of like a lot of other places. So is we it, adapt the show for different formats. Of course, is it still running in other countries? Sure, like season six, season seven in Sweden, in Norway. Oh my god! I love Denmark, it. In Denmark, in Israel, it was like the number wow. one show, which is crazy because it's a very sexy. If anyone, if anyone remembers Paradise Hotel on Fox, right. just give was, us the for people who don't remember the show. What was like the logline of the show? Yeah, it was a it was a trashy dating show for sure. Like those all those years on Fox of those big crazy reality. Comp- Competition shows. Right. This was dating, and it was basically eleven sexy single people living in a glamorous hotel. And each week, somebody checked out, and somebody new checked in. Right. So the format was pretty flexible. I love it. Um, and we had a live studio in LA, and then a big location, which we actually we actually shot the show in Acapulco. Right. Uh, which is which was where like people a production always go hub. to get murdered. Uh, num- number one capital. In fact, we shoot everywhere where there's the number one murder capital because we did a show in, J- in Jamaica at the same right. time. Yeah. Um, it's- it's cheaper to shoot for where well the production values yeah. are, are look great I mean it's yeah. beautiful the weather is super important for those sexy shows because you always want yeah. people you know looking amazing in their bikinis in a hot tub of course um, so what know. if a dead body just rolls up short you know I mean <laughs> that's great story right. great story you film a dateline at the same time it's a twofer <laughs> Yeah, and then that was a big hit. But at the time, and I think this is public knowledge, you see, you've got me telling stories already, that um, Rupert Murdoch, of course, who owns Fox, was about to buy something that was reasonably family-friendly, and our show was a little bit too risque, even though it was on the Fox network, so it was right. safe to watch, but it was a little sexy. They asked us to tone it down, change the title, because uh, the sponsors were a bit nervous. So we did another version of the show the following year, shot in Jamaica, and it was a huge flop. It was called Forever Eden. Uh, I remember yes. that. Yeah, hilarious show um, yes. and a lot of production drama. But we spent four months in Jamaica having a great time and they just kept uh, make us, you know, making the show every week. So the oh, Paradise <laughs> Hotel, it's sort of like what Bachelor in Paradise is what I was now. just going to say. Yeah, I mean, what, the show... Except I, you, don't, you didn't have the, you know, the, the running knowledge that you're bringing back all these like former contestants that people may or may not remember. And halfway through the season, we brought back a lot of people that had been eliminated earlier on in the season. And ah. at the time, that had never happened before. But what was weird, because there was a very fast turnaround from shooting to airing, those kids that had been eliminated off the show had gone home, watched the episodes, and then come back into the same season. Oh, wow. So usually that doesn't happen because of the long production time. So people were coming in, having seen how they had been portrayed, or more importantly, seen how other people in the show had been talking about them behind their back. Oh. So the, the, the story was doubled. You know, it was, it, was a lot, it was a lot of fun. I remember there was one girl on there. I think, I think it was that show. She was a total bitch, but she was sort of like rough around the edges, blonde. Yeah, there was a lot of those. Yeah, but she was like, like she would like, she should like be a, <laughs> maybe a, an American gladiator and wore a bikini. Oh, you're time. talking about Tony Ferrara. Yes. Who is an amazing reality yes. kind of character. Yes. Yeah. You know, casting these shows, it's super important yeah. to pick the right types. Not That's just, what I was going to ask Not next. just are they great characters for television, but can they buy into what you're trying to make as a show sure because their participation is really integral to the show's success 
I don't like to refer to them as contestants. You know, they're real people. They have to go home. Their mum watches the show. They have to go back to their jobs. You know, it's they buy into being on an entertainment show. And so the character that they're playing, even if it's themselves, is a heightened version of themselves, of course. Do you think, I mean, I, I think that is probably the way you enter it as, you know, most people probably would. But do you think there are people who do come on who don't think of it that way like they are just that for way. sure um if you're talking about or maybe reality- they're trying to get famous or they have ulterior motives for being on the show yeah and and you know this term reality we call it unscripted television because sure. reality you know people think of it in different ways you know the voice is reality but so is a competition show and uh, you know there's there's talent competition shows right there's skill-based shows like project runway or top chef um but there's docu-series as well that's referred right. to as reality and then there's celebrity reality which is celebs who are doing docu-series right all of those people come in with a certain expectation some are more uh, naive than others others think that they are going to show a version of themselves and pretty quickly even with celebrities who are used to entertainment when a camera is on you for a few hours it bizarrely it sounds weird unless you've experienced it it is very quick you you very quickly forget right. that cameras are following you 24 7 mm-hmm. and the real person does come out right but on shows like Big Brother or any kind of location-based show, you can't show 24 hours a day of these people, even though we're filming 24-7. Right. You know, the episode may only be half an hour or an hour long per week. Well, actually, so if you think about well, it, actually, if you think about it, you're showing the most extreme versions of that person in that episode. The moment you were the funniest ever, the moment that you were the bitchiest ever, the moment that you were the stupidest ever, the moment that you were the smartest ever. Right. So they're extreme characters because right. that's what te- you know, the television audience needs to keep, the en- you know, to keep your attention. Right. And that might have come out of, that one half hour might have come out of 36 hours of footage or something. For sure. Sometimes wow. we shoot uh, over 100 hours a week for oh an, hour of, an hour episode per Let week. me ask you this. Like when you're shooting something like that, Say like a, you know, a paradise hotel, something that is more of a, um, you know, a 24 seven, you're getting the storylines kind of as they go along, even though there is elimination and whatever. Are you like in the control booth, like not sleeping, watching these things? Or I guess you, I guess you probably, you know, switch off with another, another producer, but is there ever a moment where you like wake up and they're like big revelation last night? And like the whole, the sort of dynamic has changed? I never sleep properly when we're shooting a show. <laughs> there are so many things that are happening. As, a, as the showrunner, you are directly responsible for almost everything. Right. But that doesn't mean you do the show alone. There's hundreds of people, you know, from various departments right, that right, right. are responsible for different areas. But everybody reports to you. Right. As the showrunner, though, I feel very responsible for the talent. Yeah. You know, whether that's the host of a show or a celebrity guest or members of the public that have come on to either win prizes or fall in love or whatever it is they're doing if they if this is not their job right. and they are coming to be on a tv show you have a huge responsibility to look after them their mental health their physical welfare well-being sure you know aftercare after the show you don't want anyone to get hurt you know physically or psychologically it's supposed right. to be entertainment it's supposed to be fun got it but there are so many things that can happen that you are 
omnipresent, even if you're not there. Yeah. You know, I am mentally there the whole time. Everyone has to get a bit of sleep now and again. It's right, hard to do so when you're shooting. Right. But, but yeah, you've, of course, I mean, we're all in the control room, in and out. Uh, those that can't physically be there, we're on an email distribution chain. We right. send uh, what we call hot sheets, okay. which are story notes. You know, we have producers that are making notes on everything that's happening. Right. Those notes are distributed as hot sheets. And they're called hot sheets because they come out super fast and they go around to the network they go around to other executives who are not on location they go to our producers in the edit and the editors and that's where we really start to see the story of the episodes being shaped I see. so story is the big is the big thing that everybody is is focused on whether it's a, a an audio mixer listening out for a good story if somebody's whispering something that they don't want you to hear that's great story for us a camera operator who is looking is watching somebody sneak away or whisper to their friend in the bathroom. That's a good story producer for us. Everybody who works in unscripted are always looking out for the story because that's the one thing that we don't have going in. Right. Unless obviously we have a format or if it's a competition show, you know, the structure, but in unscripted, our story is shaped in the moment. And then as producers, we decide which storyline we are following for the show because we can't shoot we can't show everything even if we shoot everything well like I, like for instance like I know like you don't work on the housewives but like as that, that format in general let's say so say obviously it's a cast there's you know what six women there's a cast some of them don't get along with each other obviously they have to work with each other and shoot together is it and maybe you know a behind this behind the scenes on on that show but do they just like give them a call sheet and say, you're going to show up to this location and this person's going to be there and this person's going to be there and then just go? Or, I mean, you know. Well, you can't, even with the most fascinating person in the world, you can't just show up, put a camera on them and then let it happen. You know, there's a lot of development that takes place beforehand. You know, if you're talking about those sort of docu-series, yeah. whether they're doing an interesting job or they're rich women that you've put together, that weren't naturally friends before and you are supposedly following their lives or it's a huge celebrity like a movie star or a pop singer that you're doing a, a, a docu-series with and observing their life. In the weeks leading up to that, you are interviewing those uh, characters um, because for lack of a better term, that's what you're, you, know, you have to refer to them right. as a story producers. You think of them as a character. You find out everything that's going on in their life and then you pinpoint, that's a good story for television. That's something that can resonate with a wider audience. That's a storyline that I could see taking place over a season arc, meaning it, it mm-hmm. takes place over several episodes. And those are the stories that you then schedule to shoot. With The Housewives, of course, they're all great characters. They've been cast to be on the show because of their lifestyle or their personality. Then you put them together and the fireworks happen. In the moment, you're deciding what is the story that you're going to follow. If somebody's had an argument, you want to follow the fallout of it or you want to see the backstory of how it came about. So the producers may be shaping scenes if you like just like a movie you know if somebody has an argument in a movie you want to find out well did it get resolved did they apologize so producers in a reality show might look at this situation that's happened for real and then say how do we want to tell the end of this story for the audience so there may be suggestions of hey ladies you know next week can we talk about that argument on camera 
so the right. audience gets some sort of resolve for the story. Right. So else? it's suggested, but it's never scripted. Correct. Because the show is unscripted. It's unscripted. But, and then what I love about that type of show, those docuseries, is that when they get to reunion, they've now seen all the episodes pretty much. Right. And now, and they're also, the, because of social media, they're all tweeting and, and Facebooking each other, about each other, and talking horribly to each other. So by the time they get to that reunion episode, it is... On. On. And this is, fire. this is where I take issue with a lot of people, whether they're a, a, a talent show contestant or a celebrity that's been on a reality show, where people always talk about, oh, is it produced? Is it scripted? Or you've edited me to be a certain way. People who are on unscripted shows are a lot more in control of how they are portrayed than you think. Firstly, and I can only speak for the shows that I've worked on or my friends have worked on, not, not for every single reality show. Sure. Correct. We don't put words in people's mouths. You said that shit. Right. Now, I will never edit you out of context. For example, if you said something is white, I'm not going to edit you to, to make it look like you said it was black. Right, right. I could because editing is amazing, but we wouldn't do that. That goes against the integrity of that person or us as producers or the show in general. Right. And also, if you've cast it right, you don't need to fake story. There's right. enough great story that happens naturally. There's natural conflict, natural rivalry, natural competition, natural celebration. But you do have to edit to bring down the nuts and bolts of what that person is trying to do so in an hour conversation of course it might get cut down to a two-minute scene sure now that person may see themselves and be a little bit uncomfortable with how they've been shown and they usually call me up the next day and say I can't believe you used that or I never said that and I and I say well actually you did say it and you did have that issue in context. Right. I just you know, reduced it down to the absolute bare bones. Right. I didn't change your opinion and I didn't put words in your mouth. So go back and take a look. And they're like, oh, OK. They're just usually a little embarrassed about how it came off. Of course. But we also give them fair warning that that will be in the show. And when we're casting, I always tell I often tell people don't do this show. I'm like, don't do the show. Your um, friends may never speak to you again. Your mum may hate you. You may not get another job. You know, I mean, obviously, it depends which type of show you're casting for. Yeah. But the ones that, that are uh, young teenagers or big dating shows, you want extreme characters. Yeah. You want to make sure that they are up to the task. You don't want to cast someone and then they come in and they're like a little timid mouse and don't give you anything. Of course. Well, that's happened. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've worked on a couple of those. Where that has happened. Well, viewers can see it as yeah. well. And the viewers, I actually think, uh, are very very smart and can see when something doesn't ring true it, there, mm -hmm. there are scenes that are a little bit artificial you know I watch some of those shows that you mentioned earlier and can see that there is an artifice in the relationship set up or there's an argument that's or there's a cutaway that just doesn't feel right even if yeah. you're not an expert in how television is made as a, right. as a viewer and we all watch shows and love them I watch bad shows I watch good shows you can tell something isn't quite right. Well, and I always wondered too, over the course of, say, a season of a certain show, when they're harping on one thing that doesn't seem that significant, but somehow it ends up like being, you know, one of the main points of conflict or the main points of argument throughout the entire season. I wonder sometimes, like, really? Are we still talking about this? Well, you're talking about The Real Housewives. That's right. Which I don't do. So no, I'm not familiar with how the shows are made, but I watch some of them. And, yeah. and so as a viewer, I see that. But to be fair to that story, those shows... 
that's what the audience wants. Yeah. Those shows are about female relationships. For sure. About friendship, how you navigate through issues with your friends. And sometimes issues with your friends are very petty. Um, and so you see over the course of the season how those relationships either disintegrate or are resolved. Well, that's the point of those shows. So I'm okay. I'm okay with those petty stories still being discussed six uh, weeks later. Me too. Because I, I, I'm a fan, and it's it's fascinating to also to see like the different cities, which I think was the smartest thing they could have. This is Georgia. She's, Sorry, my my. <laughs> by the way, Georgia the is my, a special guest hi, star today. She's a special guest star. She does some you know some vocal highs. She's doing uh, her vocal. Um, yeah, ups and downs. Christine's today. not at the point where she can afford a nanny. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so we need uh, more sponsors. Yeah. So I love the fact that they've franchised it to different cities. So we're getting a culturally, like from 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 New York to Orange County, from Atlanta to Beverly Hills. They're so different. And then you add in like for, like they just added they're going to do the second season of Dallas. Which is like a whole different show, but the but women... The, theme, the themes that you see in the show are universal. 100%. Yeah. That's the point, that they resonate. Well, you, you can't do a Real Housewives of every single city in America, but you don't need to because they've chosen cities with interesting characters in them that the audience can relate to. Yeah, I want to talk for a second with a show that you did work on that aired last season on E! So Cosmo. Sure. How did that come about? Because that's 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 a big that's a tall order because you're dealing with a major 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 corporation. Yeah, that's hard. Like the the Cosmo docu series um, was my idea, so I don't want to say it was a great idea, but everything, all the aspects of it were a great fit. The network was the perfect fit for the um, the magazine that we were following in Cosmopolitan magazine. It's the number one women's media brand in the world. It's young. It's about sex, celebrities, fashion. And so when you're, when you have access to a magazine like that and you're developing a, a program about the behind the scenes on the making of that magazine, you think which network is the most appropriate, which audience member, you know, who watches a particular network is going to resonate with Cosmo. E was a perfect marriage. Cosmo wanted to do it because magazines, you know, are always looking for exposure in the new media. Um, e wanted to do it because Cosmo was a perfect demo. It was a, a television network plus a magazine, so there was a lot of cross promotion potential. So everyone said yes almost straight away. It still took two years from me coming up with the idea for us to start shooting the series. Because to your point, Ale, you're dealing with massive corporations and it takes a long time to get a show up. You know, they say, you know, one out of every 40, you know, pilots go into production. Um, and on average, it takes uh, 18 months to a year to get a show from development to green light to in production to uh, to being on the air. Wow. It's it, yeah. I mean, I've you know, in terms of like a scripted show, I totally understand that. I had no idea it was just as long. Sometimes that show was eight episodes. It was eight episodes because I, I watched I watched the series and I I actually liked it a lot. I did have when we talked. You had about notes, Salah. I had a few problems. Surprise, surprise. I had some surprise, surprise. Well, you're a viewer. You're allowed. That's the yeah, point. I just <laughs> my my thing. I just wasn't fascinated with the. Um, the little ingenue female that you guys used? Well, uh, everyone that we followed worked at the magazine. Absolutely. 
I just was like, she, her storyline was getting on my nerves. <laughs> like, but did wanted, you enjoy watching lo- her and getting on your nerves? I, I, it got to the point where I was like, I want to see more mag. I want to see more of the magazine stuff. Like, I was more interested in like the access, the access, and like mm, what it took the, the behind the scenes stuff. You know, the storyline was great, but I was like, okay, either date this guy or don't. But I'm over it already. You know, here's what's interesting about the So Cosmo series on E, yeah. and we've had a lot of compliments about it because the production values were great. Those people were amazing in terms of opening their lives to us and following their professional work. Unlike a lot of other shows, um, these people had real jobs. Correct. And we're doing a show that's about celebrities, sex, fashion. Right. It's on E, which is a big, splashy, you know, young people's network. You want extreme situations, extreme stories to capture the audience's attention, particularly when on E, you know, you have other other shows in, you know, Mariah Carey, who's a massive yep. pop star. Of course, there's lots of interest in following her. Way, or the Kardashians who are going through something pretty extreme in their personal lives. So we really had to raise the game in terms of casting So Cosmo to make sure that the E viewer really wanted to you know pay attention but at the same time these people had a day job that we were following so they had a reputation to uphold we wanted to respect that and their company in Hearst Publications who makes Cosmo magazine also had a responsibility to their employees to protect them too so we had to navigate that and strike a fine balance between the fun stuff and the real stuff and the professional stuff but that Joanna's a star Joanna Coles Joanna Coles is a force of nature and She's really got that show. She really got that show made. And, and I may have had the idea, but we, we developed it together. And if it wasn't for her, it would never happen. I mean, um, and then speaking of Kardashians and um, Mariah, Mariah, because that company, Bonham, is who you were work or you currently work for that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Mariah show, I'm, I'm assuming it was probably. Uh, I'm assuming it was a shit show to do, but it's genius. Like I could watch that. Like whoever thought of that that uh, Shay's Lounge with her in the Mariah. Bustier, it's the smartest thing I've ever. It just no one no one in Mariah's world does anything unless Mariah's up for it or into it, and that was her idea. I mean, it's just the it's the it's such a twist on the interview. I get the sense that she has such a sense of humor about herself, but that she owns that that is exactly what she would love to do in her everyday life is just lounge in a beautiful bustier with a, some kind of a, you know, wrap from um, some very expensive company and drink wine in the middle of the afternoon. I think if you, if you love reality shows and you watch a lot of celebrity reality shows as a viewer, certainly as a producer, you watch Mariah's world and you can tell that there's a there's a lot of tongue in cheek going Definitely. on there. Mariah Carey, who I and I didn't work on the show, but I I have met her a few times. She has a great sense of humor about herself. She is a diva and she owns it. Totally, she's an icon and she owns it. She's a little bit crazy and she knows it. Yeah, and that's why we wanted to do a series with her. Right. So a lot of the things that you see on there all under her control and su- with with her support. Yeah. Um, she collaborates like any big star who works in industry but hasn't done reality before collaborates with experts in the field so they shape you know great storylines mm-hmm. but the the feel that you get when you watch that show that it's a little bit over the top you know that all comes from you know the star down you know that that sure. show does have a sparkle to it did it that does. show have to have two separate crews because 
she's traveling. She's on tour at the time, so she's traveling, and she's on a private jet, so she's getting there within hours. You've got to set up for when she's there. So, and when she's is there two separate crews that are shooting? The there's multiple crews, multiple schedules. Things are changing all of the time. She is a big star who has a busy life. She was going on tour. She was getting married, and we had to work the production schedule around her life so remember earlier when I said we usually spend weeks and weeks shaping storylines and developing and working out what you can film because you know we reality shows don't have a a huge budget so you're really pinpointing the most important moments in someone's life that's what we're going to follow that couldn't happen with Mariah Carey because she is so big and so busy that we just jumped on the train and tried to follow it so it was a shit show in that regard but the gold that we got from that chaos kind of was the theme of the show right another show that I was fascinated with and I watched um, both seasons was I Am Kate and that I thought a little bit which you did work on Rob I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No. The, the company the, the, did. No, I do, a, I do a lot of our competition reality shows. I see. So people that have a, a skill set, whether they're a chef or a designer or a, you know, right. whatever it might be, um, and, and they're called process shows. So you follow some, you're given a challenge each week and you follow them making something right, and then right. they're judged and then they win or lose. Um, I, Cosmo was the first docu-series that I did for Boon and Murray, but I have done others and Celeb Reality before, but I didn't work on uh, I Am you, Kate specifically. You didn't work on I Am Kate, but you were familiar with everything that, I mean, you were, because you, it was the production company you yes, worked course, for, so yeah. of course. I loved the idea of it because I was like, we're exposing, um, she's a musician, Georgia. I love the idea of it because she had just come out as being trans and it was uh, a pivotal moment in her life moment and we we got to see her as kate and not as bruce i thought the first season was so interesting and then the second season got so jumped the shark a little bit because i felt like it was about everyone else except for kate and i that it was like she was (laughs) There was like a learning curve for her. It was just, for me, it was weird. I was like, what happened? Like, I want to know more about her transition. Well, truthfully, there was a fascination uh, aspect or interest in uh, Caitlin coming out as a, as a woman, transgendered woman. And so that may have been why the series, may have been why the series was greenlit from beginning. There was an intense, you know, in, interest in her life. And she was going through a pivotal moment. Um, and so that's what the first season documented. And then the hope was that the audience would resonate with Caitlyn Jenner and want to continue to follow her life. And that's why a second series was greenlit. But frankly, you know, if you talk about demographics for networks, you know, everybody knows, even if you don't work in the business, that, you know, CBS is a little older and Fox is a little younger. And well, E is even younger than that. And Caitlin is a woman of a certain age that you wouldn't traditionally see a, a, a docu-series about on the E! Network. You may see it on a, on a different network. Right. Excuse me. So there was ways of shaping that story to make it resonate with that particular audience. There, you can have a great idea for a TV show, but if it's on the wrong network, it's going to fail. Right. So that you makes know, sense to me. The, the audience has to find the show 
And if you can be really, really truthful in making a great story, that should be number one. But the truth is a lot of business um, decisions come into play when you're casting or structuring a format or you know, shaping storylines. And, and it's really about, you know, the viewer that is watching that network. You want to make, you know, we, if we did Project Runway All-Stars for HBO, it would be a very different show sure. than if we made it for, you know, the Lifetime audience. Correct. Let and of course, you. I Am Kate was on E! because we had a relationship because the of the Kardashian, Kardashian right. and the Jenner, yeah. Jenner family. Already, the audience already loved them on E! Right. And also, Caitlin had a trust factor yeah. with that ne- those network execs, with the producers who have made Keeping Up With The Kardashians for so many years that she knew very well well and felt comfortable with when you're casting for something um say like you know project runway specifically we'll talk about that um what is it that you specifically are looking for when you're in the casting room lots of things um sometimes the the person that you're interviewing isn't really aware you know the questions that you're asking you may be looking for a particular a different answer Mm -hmm. than what they're you know they're willing to give Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of things if it's a competition show like american idol or top chef or project runway you want to know that they have a skill set that's relevant to the show that you're making right Um, i did a show for sci-fi a couple of years ago with the henson company called jim henson's creature shark it's genius another one i wanted to talk about yeah these are amazing talented people and watching them create something from scratch was fascinating but all of the you have to be sure that they can physically do it under the conditions that you're making the show under I'll give another example I I I did a spin-off of Top Chef called Top Chef Masters with professional chefs Um, they are very very skilled in their world but coming on to a reality tv show where they're not in their own kitchens or, or or not king of the castle because they own their business um, and working with other people some of them kind of crashed and burned right whereas very successful in their in their own right in their you know out in their real worlds or with their chains of, of restaurants but when you put them in as a quote unquote a contestant in a competition in a place that they're not familiar with um, with very, very different circumstances in terms of resources and hours and the stress of filming and everything else, um, you've got to be re- really sure that they can deliver under pressure. So you're looking for that. You're looking for personality and character because they could be a genius at what they do, at what you're looking for them to do. But if they're, if, you know, they're very dry and they're dull then you know they're Doesn't not going to work they're not going to work on television <laughs> um troublemakers are great to a degree but you want to make sure that they are good trouble i.e they're a, a ball breaker or they're they're a bitchy or whatever it might be for television but you also they've got to abide by production rules right they've got to be respectful of everybody right um and people on the edge are interesting because you know that they're going to lash out or be crazy funny or have no inhibitions but you also don't want to push people over the edge because making Mm -hmm. television is very very hard work Mm -hmm. and you're putting these people under a lot of pressure so you want to make sure that they're they're not going to break what's what's speaking of like bad is good what is the worst contestant or reality person that you've had to deal with you don't have to mention their name there are millions and of behind there are millions of behind the scenes stories of people going mm-hmm. nuts but i'm not saying psychologically nuts i'm saying 
just breaking down a little bit. I mean, we all do on camera or off camera. It's exhausting going, you know, going yeah. through this. You have to hold their hand a little bit because, like I said earlier, they're going back to their real lives. Right. You know, you're not trying to kill anyone. You're just trying to make good, te- you know, good television at their expense. No, I'm not at their kidding. expense. It's a joke. No, because as long as you're very honest about what they're getting into to begin with, and you show them all of the parameters, then they've en- they've entered. And let's face it, no one these days goes on a reality show and has never seen a reality right. show. Well, it's interesting because I'll talk to people about Project Runway All Stars, and they like they don't really understand the concept that they literally have like eleven hours to make an outfit, right? And it's like. They're they're by episode seven. If they're still in it, they're exhausted. They're tired. They're literally overthinking everything because now it's like just like there's just no time for sure. I mean, they, people will be naive about really what goes on when they come in. Mm-hmm. I, I try and give them as much information as possible beforehand. I'm talking about how you know, on like dating shows, that they're with us, they're sleeping in accommodation that we have provided. We may be filming during you know twenty four seven. You know, they may be sharing accommodation with other people when they're they're coming. They're bringing their lives or we're going into their lives for 24-7, then they may not be aware of how they're going to behave or how the public are going to perceive them. I can't control that. I can give them a lot of examples of what's happened in the past, and I can give them my guarantee that we will be truthful to their story. All right, Rob, cut the shit. Give me a break. That, give me that's a break. not shit, but it's boring. Give, it might be boring, no, but it's, it's not, boring. not shit. I, I just give me the breakdown. <laughs> give me the breakdown of like give me give me a story where like someone went fucking ape crazy on set. I did a show that shall name remain nameless, where a girl were uh, it was on a beautiful location, so people had to fly to the location, and she came in and her boobs exploded. Huh? What? <laughs> I love it already. Go. And we refer to that episode as the girl with the exploding boobs. Not in the title that you see on TV guy, but we refer oh, to right. it as no. that. So what actually had happened was that she wanted to be on the show. She had got her breasts enhanced uh, <laughs> before God. Um, she uh, before she came on. After she had been cast, but before she came down to, to set, um, because it was on a location, she flew. She got her doctor, who I'm furious with, to sign her off to be safe to travel. Because if anybody knows, if you get a breast, impl- you know, breast implant, you can't fly for a little while. They've got to settle down. Well, I think it had ha- she told us it had happened like a month before. When she arrived, we were like, oh, you're, you look a little bit different. And she said, well, it had been done a month before. It hadn't. It had been done a few days before oh, the trip. Wow. And, of course, she came in, came straight on the show. Within 24 hours, uh, her, her, this is maybe TMI, guys, but her boobs were leaking. It was the silicon leaking from under her breast. And we said, you, and so she got sick. And we said, you've got to come off the show. We've got to take you home. We've got to get you back to your doctor. And she didn't want to leave the show and oh kept God. saying, no, 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 no. And we're saying, yes, yes, yes. Because our medical advisor who has inspected you has said, you are not well. And we need to get you ideally home to your family and oh home God. to your doctor who, who did the operation. Not that there was anything wrong with the operation. It was the fact that she flew. Right. But um, that's an example of someone who will go to the extreme to get 
what she wants to be on television and we have a responsibility to her health first and for health and safety first and foremost so do you wow. edit her completely out or do you explain it in it's later? actually really hard to cut somebody out of an ensemble you know program it's hard enough to do it in a scripted show let alone an unscripted show where there are camera multiple cameras shooting all of the time i know i try to cut christine out all the time oh my god that's what the edit's for i, I but, need to start paying Stephen more on the side just to cut you out completely just shut it go ahead bro sorry to interrupt pretty much everything that happens when you're filming though is story in some way um so if life you know life happens people get sick sadly people pass away your boobs um, explode your boobs if it's a reality show, I mean, that's the, the true part of reality. Right. You know, you tell the truth. <laughs> you show what's happened. Um, and so in that scenario, we did follow the story on camera and of her, you know, of her saying goodbye to her colleagues oh, and leaving. Man. The view, you can't cover things up for the audience. It's not fair to the viewer. Um, and that's life. That's, that's part of the story. That's part of the show. That's part of the excitement of doing something that's unscripted is something that's unpredictable. So the, when, when unusual situations like that happen, and of course we've had much more serious, I've dealt literally with births, deaths and marriages on cam, you know, while, while we've been filming, um, your instinct as a producer is to tell the story and your instinct as a person is to protect you know and be responsible right. for the people involved and so i think you, if you're you if you're a good producer that's correct you know, i mean i think there's a I lot of other producers out there who would agreed no it has to happen simultaneously you think you have a responsibility to the show to the network uh, to your audience mm -hmm. to tell to explain what's happened in some regard okay well even if it's a statement this person has had to leave because x okay yeah. well on that note with what's happened with Bachelor in Paradise, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. Obviously, you don't work on that show. I don't know if you know anyone that works on that show. But to stop production, they stopped production and now they're resuming production. And there's rumors that he might actually come back. There, I, I mean, I, you know, I guess they did their own internal investigation, and they've. I'm, didn't I'm find prepping for my own show right now, so I haven't followed every detail of it. So I'll just with the caveat that I don't know the exact scenario right, and I don't watch that show. It's an alleged, I mean, can I use that word, rape? Well, I, I, I mean, don't it's think not it was, a rape. I mean, it's a... It's it was a, sexual misconduct sexual that was, happened thank you. under the guise of people being blackout drunk and not remembering what happened. And, and it's whether, on camera. Yeah, whether the female contestant was... Um, you know, did something that she doesn't remember that was against her will. From what I understand of what's been reported in the press, i.e. the production was suspended, um, things were discussed, uh, and now they've resumed production, that sounds like a very responsible production team, that whatever went down, they stopped filming mm -hmm. and said, let's figure this out. Mm -hmm. And, I'm, and at that point, you're, you're all colleagues together. Right. You know, I often say to people that are on the, on the show, you know, we, are, we work together. You don't work for me. I don't work for you. We are in this. You want to be on a hit show. We want to make a hit show. When something goes wrong or something is unexpected and or something serious happens and you've got to figure it out, then the right thing to do is to stop and hear everybody's side of the story. You take professional advice. Um, you don't just carry on regardless. You don't carry on without, without people's feelings. Um, but do you, but do you air that storyline? I think. In I mean, it's my already. Opinion, I mean, it's, it's already. There. It's out there. But do you, 
do they, they have? I think a responsibility to if they've if they're resuming production and assuming, assumably, they're not just going to start again from the beginning. That happened in the first week of production. I think there's some sort of responsibility to tell some at least some version of the story that whatever that situation is it's out in the media right. so fans of the show are aware of something right. everyone's got different sides of the story because obviously it was a private situation so you sort cannot of. now you cannot now camera. air that show without addressing it in some way right. you may not get the full story uh, that wouldn't be respectful to the people involved um, but if they are honoring their their audience who are aware that something has happened I am pretty sure that it will be addressed somehow in the program. You may not see what went down, uh, but either the host will say something or they'll show part of that story or they'll interview the people involved. I'd be very surprised if it isn't addressed in some way in the series. I mean, I'm, that's the only reason I'm going to tune into that show. Oh, God. I'm dying to see that. I'm going to try. I want to see this. I want to see this. Terrible. But I love, you know, I'm a junkie, obviously. You know that because I watched all the Little Women series. Love Little Women LA, love Little Women Atlanta. You love too, Little right? Women, New York, yeah. Are you so? Uh, have you have you been following? I don't know it ins and outs. It's just but so, I've, I've watched episodes. Of it, them, what yeah. fascinates me about the about the show, and, and Christine doesn't get it, which is fine. But I love the show, and I was, I of course, I watched it first because I thought it was going to be like just you, you got me on Little Women, right? But at the point watching the series. I forget that they're little people. That's the point. Yeah. It's just you forget because their stories are they're like yeah. their storylines are so great. That's great casting and yeah. great producing. Yeah. Um, what's another show that I love? Um, did you ever watch Jungle Town on Vice? I did. What do you think? Um, I thought that they did a lot with a small budget. You see, I, I watch as a half a right. producer and half a viewer. Right. Um, I know what you're asking me. It's a clever, it's an interesting uh, show because that main character is a f- is very forceful. So you are in- you're intrigued to see how this Pied Piper encourages this group of whether they're naive or not um, people coming along for his ride. And there's hints of a darker story in the earlier episodes yes. that you pick up on, but you don't quite know what is going to happen. And so it intrigues you enough to watch the following episode. That was a very clever story that I suspect they weren't aware of when they started shooting. They had one concept and just like a great documentary series, something else happened. And that's what they ended up following because they were good producers. It was a small budget. So there was some pr- production value you know, issues that I had as a, a producer, particularly because they're in a beautiful location. Well, but that doesn't shot, matter. I thought it was shot well, though. It doesn't matter on that show, though, because you are in with what the hell is going to happen to these people. So, stuck. yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes we put in shaky footage or, you know, hurriedly rushed, put together stuff because it looks exciting. It looks like something unexpected has mm, happened. Interesting. That's interesting. I, I have you tuned into that new boy band show? I think it's on ABC. Yes, I hate it. Why? Now, what about that show? As could, a, what's your favorite performing show? Is it America's Got Talent? The Voice? No, I Idol? hate America's Got Talent. Um, I like The Voice. I like The Voice. Now, I, what is it about boy? You say I hate boy bands. Well, I, I, I love only, The Voice. I, I can what's only the I can only get through half of an episode through boy band, and I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm, ta- I'm DVRing it, so I will I will watch it to give it a chance because um, that happens to me sometimes. But initially, I was so bored with it, and I just thought it was bad. I didn't. I I don't. I'm not. 
obsessed with the judges. I'm not. I, I I just think it's just it's not well thought out. Is it because you think that there's a, a glut of these performance shows and you've just seen it all before? Is no, it too predictable? I, no, because I, I would love to see another boy band like emerge out of this. Like I, I would love to see a new like One Direction and it come from a show like this and sort of like I, I, I love these kind of stories. I just think the casting with the judges and the and the and the uh, format of the show is weird and. Can I just be candid? Like Nick Carter gets on my nerves. Like watching him makes me nuts. <laughs> but do you like Adam Levine on The Voice drives me mad? But I still love watching him every week. Yeah, there's nothing about him that Nick Carter that pleases me. I'm just like that's the truth. Adam Levine, I'm like, he's aggressive. I'm sure Nick he's, Carter's fans love that he's a judge on a. I'm sure. And if you're show. a Nick Carter fan, then God bless you. Um, I just, I just think, yeah, it was like not. I just, I thought it was like. It felt like. Have the, you seen World of Dance on NBC? Amazing. Now, why is that amazing? And it's, boy band gets on your nerves. Well, World of Dance is. I think culturally, it's it's more. Um, it's it's a bigger show. Boy band is just very pretty boys. Every, all of them sing great for the most part. Then they go into this like whole little like like step touch step touch with Nick Carter, and it's like I'm like I'm done. Like come on. Like, well, elevate it. Let's elevate it. There's a difference between singing shows and dancing shows. Yeah. Because singing, uh, you, are, you, you have experts who critique the performance. So as a viewer who doesn't sing, like me, I'm interested to know why that's good and that's not good. But I have, as a listener, I can appreciate. I'm like, oh, that sounded amazing. And then the judges tell me why. Or that doesn't sound very good. And then the judges tell me why. With dance, we, can, we all dance a little bit. You know, we all move a little bit, um, but there's spectacle to it. Right. You, you are impressed by good singing. You are entertained. You can right. be impressed as well, of course, yeah. but you're entertained by these big dance numbers with you know, multiple people on stage. I think So You Think You Can Dance is one of the best examples of a, a performance-based competition show on television. I think Kat Dealey is one of the best hosts for those shows as well. There's a very... Um, warm, supportive atmosphere on that show. It does many things. It entertains, it educates, it celebrates choreographers. So you're really understanding what goes in the work that goes into the performance. So um, the kids incentive. really, really want this dream. And so they're very open about what it takes to achieve their success. And Kat does a very, very good job of uh, metaphorically and physically putting her arm around the shoulders of these contestants and walks them through this very intense experience. And yet, as the host, she is the anchor who has to give good news and bad news. Now, like hosting, a lot of people say, oh, I want to be a host of a TV show because they think it looks fun and easy. It's really, really not. You have to give bad information to people, bad news to people all of the time. And generally, you know, we're all good people. So hosts are good people. It's very, very awkward to do and not be disliked. Right. So Kat does a great job of looking after them and kind of being, you know, she has a twinkle in her eye when she gives a, a twist or a surprise. Um, but she makes them feel good about being critiqued, whether they right. uh, are doing well in the competition or not. Speaking of hosts with competition shows, what did you think of the transition between Nick Cannon and Tyra Banks? Did you watch, have you watched AGT? I haven't seen Tyra Banks on the new AGT. I was surprised because I heard, I was not, I was like, this is a really bad move for her. That was my opinion at first. 
but she's fantastic on it actually right. she's really good at it um so i was pleased with that. but i it just shows that you have to sort of like get into it but uh, um and then also there's another show that i watched that i was wondering if you were what shows do you watch christine um reality shows mm. i mean i watch all the housewives uh, unscripted sorry thank you um i watch all the housewives of course i've been a project runway fan for years and years i actually snuck onto the set once um when they came to la <laughs> i was shooting a show downtown and they just happened to be shooting it's like the one year this wasn't all stars it was regular project runway but they were sh- and i i snuck on and you know saw the runway it was very exciting for me um and uh, what else do we watch? Um, I've watched Southern Charm. Oh, I love those shows. I love the Southern Charm. Really into that one. Which, I guess, started out, I mean, Cameron is from... Real World. Real World, yeah. Yeah, if a, if a character really resonates with the audience, you, you see this again on uh, The Real World or Road Rules or The yep. Challenge on MTV. You know, if a character really pops, as we, as we refer to them as, um, then why not right. do a spinoff? Why not... Um, you know, do have them uh, do a sequel or have them, you know, come back or create something else for them. Right. Um, if they're interesting enough to keep evolving, mm-hmm. then if that's what the audience wants to see, then, you know, then give it to them. But you have to be really sure that there is another story to tell, that there are more facets to that person's character or other things going on, right. on in their lives to, um, you know, obviously when you do a new show, you hope it's going to come back and there's going to be, you know, multiple seasons, but you also have to respect the viewer that's watching today. This scene has to work as a one-off. This episode has to work as sure. a one-off. This episode has to work in context of a season arc. This season has to work as a one-off. Right. You can never be complacent and think that the viewer understand, saw the previous episode or is going to watch the next episode. Sure. That's why we have the the previously ons and the comings up sometimes they're way too many sometimes people are so worried that the viewer is going to switch over that we have to do a previously on and coming out almost within each act of the program so you might if you're watching on demand fast forward through your commercial breaks which you shouldn't do but that's what people do these days or you you know you stream and then you start the next act of your program and it's a recap of what you've already seen just five minutes before. Right. That's because the network is so worried that you're going to switch over uh, or you have switched over and you're coming back. You need to be informed of what's right. happened to every opportunity. That's actually very smart. I didn't realize that. Well, that's the reason for it. Right. But if you are a dedicated viewer, it can be frustrating because you're like, yeah, I've my seen hu- this. My husband right. says that all the time. He's like, we know. We've we know. Yeah, no, I, but I like, yeah, but you're, I like the but they're, they're making sure that the person that's just yeah. tuned in is caught up to speed within right. the second. You will e- you'll even see it within a scene if you break down your favorite what's your favorite episode of real housewives or or whatever it might be just isolate Mm -hmm. the act just watch that one you know act or and see how many times they go back to the same scene within the act there will be it will be a, a subconscious recap of what's happened sure they'll cut to the person giving you an interview bite telling you what you've just seen right Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Rob and I, by the way, Rob graciously uh, invited me to go to the um, finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. Remember that? Oh, yes. The day that, we were hung over. The hung over with Kelly Sullivan. <laughs> Which was in equal parts hilarious and fabulous uh, and hideous at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I because of Runway and knowing what a finale episode, how a finale episode works for Runway, it's not quite as... <laughs> This was a, how do you say it in a nice way? A shit show. Le shit show. You say it in French. Yeah. Le shit show. Um, not Well, you can say that. I wouldn't possibly no, no, no. comment. No, no, no. I, I loved everything about it. It just took forever. 
forever. Well, filming does take forever. I, listen, Rob, I know that, but I just, I just, I, as an audience member, even though as a fan, I love the show. I've watched every single season of RuPaul's Drag Race. I fan out every time I see those drag queens. Um, it's my favorite competition reality show on TV right now. Well, what I loved about what really got me hooked on season one is they took elements of every competition reality show and put it in one, almost mocking them, and it worked. Like, it worked. And she's, RuPaul's a genius. I mean, he, um, amazing. I would encourage anyone who hasn't seen a recent episode of RuPaul's Drag Race just to watch the show, even if you're not interested in, in drag or RuPaul. Um, or even reality, you know, reality TV. Just watch an episode. It is extremely well done. It's uh, not. It doesn't have the biggest budget. Um, it's about a very secular group community of of artists in in drag, but they are fierce. I'm using that word deliberately. They are fiercely. Um, supportive and inclusive of their community but they also are aware that it's over the top that it's crazy and they celebrate that as well it's kitsch but it's really really well done kitsch and there is a very legitimate honest um, side to drag race that does a lot of things it obviously celebrates gender uh, issues and you know or, or everything that comes with that you know that world but it also brings out the backstory of these boys who do drag in a very real way the mm-hmm. show um, you know celebrates this uh, s- sort of small community um, in a way that you don't realize you are being um, you become empathetic towards them. You're being educated about what they've gone through at the same time as laughing at how crazy it is and being entertained by the competition. Right. And it does it in a very, very natural way that, that is supportive and taking, you know, the, the piss at the same time. Well, that's why yeah. I love watching um, the YouTube Untucked on WoW Presents, World of Wonder Presents, um, because you get to see that behind, you get a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff. You get to see them sort of literally untucked and and sort of go through that whole competition, that that uh, challenge that day. And so I, that's my favorite thing is to watch the RuPaul's Drag Race in the next morning. On Saturday morning, I would watch the Untucked because it's, it's almost. It's I feel revealing. like it's almost a parody of other reality show competitions. One hundred percent. The format beats, as we call them, the moments in the show that the viewer is like, "Oh, they're about to do the lip sync for your life moment." You know, those are those are format beats mm-hmm. that makes the show stand out from from others. Um, the viewer might not realize that it's structured that way, but it is. It's very familiar. They they take every single moment from other famous competition shows and do it in their own drag race way. They also take what seems to be on the surface a very superficial thing to do extremely seriously. And that is very funny to watch, but it's also pretty admirable to watch. So when RuPaul says, lip sync for your life, like literally for your life, like you will die if you don't win this challenge. (laughs) You're like, oh my God, you know how, and you're in, you're in. Did you ever watch a show, and it was one of my favorites, because uh, it's sort of a, a hybrid, um, called Joe Schmo on Spike. This was I where... that show. This was a show where... Were they acting? Yeah, 90% of the people on it were actors, and, and there was one person who was like the mole. 
And it was basically a competition sort of reality, quote unquote, show. But everyone else was acting and the one person didn't know. And it was all about trying to keep this person sort now of is, in the dark. Is that show still on the air? No. They and did why, do you, why do you think it's it? not still on the air? I think because it was so hard to keep up the ruse. Because well, the person definitely found out because a friend of ours was on it. John Huertas, who's now on Castle. He was on well, the Castle's first canceled. season. But yeah. Well, he's on. He's on. I'm sorry. He's on. This is us now. So. Yeah. Okay. But you know. Okay. So so you know on Idol where and the early episodes of Idol where they do the auditions and they're pretty bad yeah. and that's yeah. really fun to watch. Yeah. But that's only a couple of episodes because right. what you really want to watch is talented people. Right. It's the same feeling with Joe Schmo or some of those other shows where the person that you're watching isn't in on the joke. Right. It's funny for a few minutes or one season, mm-hmm. but there is that mean streak to it yeah. that Idol started a long, a long time ago. Yeah, but for, uh, I would say now a good eight years or so, the public has decided that that's not what they want no, to watch think, all the I, time. I, we've, we've now gone back to Ron, very supportive, positive, I'm gonna fight you celebration. On I'm going to fight you on this. I'm going to fight you. I think what it is, is that... It's now gotten to the point where Take it's... Take your wig off, we'll fight. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> my earrings are coming off and I got Vaseline. Oh, my purse. Yeah. Um, I think what it is is that, be, like, for instance, like Idol, is now people are coming in to perform bad on purpose to have that William Hung moment. And it's, it's gotten over the top. So it's, it's not fun anymore because it's not organic. But look at characters, and I call them characters, and I've worked with both, so I can, I can say this. Simon Cowell, Gordon Ramsay, it's pure coincidence that they're all English but they they have these personalities of being very some the some public who don't like them would say that they're mean they would say they're just being very honest and right. you know very passionate we'd love them when they first started but they've all they've both and everybody who does those roles have softened on television right. over the last well, few years because public feeling about what they what you want to watch has changed I think I think I think on the side of Simon Cowell then you're probably right because uh, I mean but he, he used to be, he would say honest and we would vicious. say mean. Yeah, no. vicious. On, I, I like his honesty. Idol. I think Gordon Ramsay still does his mean thing, but he's trumped it by doing a children's version of the show, right. which shows that, that softer side of him. But if you go back to Hell's Kitchen, any season, even the last season. But he would never say he was mean. He would say. He shouldn't. No, he would say he's honest. Yeah. And if you want to take this job seriously yes. or you want to win this prize, then yes. you better do it seriously. And chefs by d- nature are, are boisterous and you've got to get it right. Okay, let's take another example. Remember that one show, and I forget the title of it, but it was like an American Idol type show, but they were all bad singers, but they made them feel like they were great singers. It was to find the worst singer. Do you remember that no. show? It only aired a season. I think it got canceled that right after. terrible. Someone looked that up. So to go back to Joe Schmo, Christine, <laughs> oh, for, sorry. A, for a second. Go back to fucking Joe Schmo. Well, there's a reason why it's not on the air now. Yeah. There was a series in the UK called Space Cadets. Okay. Uh, the concept of this show. Love that. <laughs> the concept of this show was that everyone who was on it thought they were going into space. They shot the show in a Russian space camp. Oh my God, that's fucking amazing. Can we find this? But these people were never going to space. What they did is they put 20 people in a plane. They blindfolded them because they made up some crazy excuse of why they had to be blindfolded. They sent them, the show was shot in England. They they sent them up uh, in the air and then uh, flew around for like eight hours and then landed very close to... uh, 
uh, London to a TV studio that was dressed like a Russian space camp. Oh. So these these guys re- genuinely thought that they were in uh, a Russian space camp and were training over six weeks, or however long the series was, of to go up in space. Oh no! And then they thought uh, towards the end of the series that the things that they would they went up in space, they made actually some crazy. Uh, excuse that they all believed about why they weren't weightless but they thought that they were up in space and orbiting the earth and were doing live links down to the 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 you know the tv show was live every week or every two days or whatever and they they thought that they were genuinely in space and doing social experiments and fun science experiments in space and they were live on television and genuinely in space they weren't they were in a tv studio just outside of that's like the truman show and the host and the production were very honest with the audience about that. So the viewer was aware that these people were being duped. Now, at the very end of the episode, the the host was speaking to these guys who were supposedly in space. They were going to pull back the big screen that made it look like they were in orbit to reveal that all their, that they were actually in an aircraft hangar and all their friends and family were standing there watching them. <gasps> this was the season finale big moment. So the public are watching, knowing that for the last few weeks, these people are being duped. The screen pulls back and the host is like, ta-da, ha-ha, you're not in space. It was all a joke. And it fell flat like you wouldn't believe because these oh, kids, no. okay, we always call them kids out of you know, warmth. Of course, they were all, all ages. They, they didn't react, partly because they were in shock. And partly because once they did realise what had gone on, they were hugely deflated. They felt so it was stupid. a huge wah wah yeah. at the end of the series. Right. And it, the whole thing failed. The public thought that they were, it was too mean. Yeah. The, the people that were on the show were furious that they'd been duped. Right. And it was just a nasty thing to do yeah. to people, you know, whereas actually nowadays you probably could do that as a real reality show and how amazing would that be? Right. Um, but it's just an example of when you push people too far mm-hmm. or you really dupe them, it's just not a nice feeling. Yeah. And ultimately, you want to be entertained. You don't want to laugh well, at I would somebody be else. Exactly. I would be pissed off if that was the reaction. After Whereas Candy, Cam- Candy Camera or versions of Candy Camera. Um, it's different because... Yeah, it's a, short... it's a small moment. It's right. not... You haven't been psychologically traumatized exactly. for the last six weeks. Or you haven't been told you've won a million dollars, but actually you haven't. You just got some water splashed on you by accident. You know, the, those are small, fun tricks. Well, Prank, pun- it's pranks. Prank right. shows are great. There's yeah. nothing wrong with a prank yeah. show. But to dupe somebody to that extent... Yeah. The That's public horrible. doesn't. The public doesn't feels very uncomfortable watching because they've it. been in on it, and nobody likes to feel like they're in on a mean joke. But it's fun to watch somebody who isn't aware of what's really going on. Yeah, like when you you're doing a dating show and you cut to the interview by it, and you're like, I don't really like this person, right. and then you cut back to their date. Right. Like first dates on NBC is a totally. beautiful show. It's a very simple concept, but so fun to watch. You want to see these people f- falling in love or not falling in love on their first date. Then you cut to their interview and you find out what they really think, or they go into the bathroom and you find out what they really think that's a lot of fun but it's harmless that's the difference well also so like with for example like first date like married at first sight yeah what are your thoughts on that it's a great concept genius but the people involved have been on the producers been honest with them about the concept from the beginning there's no shock no i understand that like like let's take it to like the pitching to a network like i would never think that a network would buy into that because i'm like I immediately go, how the hell is this? The best work? shows are the ones you can reduce the concept down to one sentence. And Married at First Sight 
you know in the title what the show is. It's, it's right. I, I I was like I didn't think I was going to like it, and I was like I'm obsessed with it. Same with Ninety Day Fiance. Have you watched that? No, but I know the show. Oh my god, I love that show. You I, watch great. so much television. It's amazing you have not melted. No, I TiVo. Yeah, I don't every, have time to watch all this. I, but I TiVo <laughs> every, every time. I, I try to watch him? one episode of everything, especially if it's of like course. in the public yeah, knowledge. My, one episode, Rob. But my problem is like I'm a great test. Like if you want to test any of your um, your brain shows. is Doritos. I'm not even yeah. kidding, Chrissy. Let's send Alar up into space. Uh, yeah, oh God, <laughs> for yeah. real. No, for experimentation. Like, I, like I'm obsessed with Amazing Race. Every season, I'm obsessed with it. I thought what they did this past season was amazing with with the um, not bringing couples. But strangers. You have to revamp your format. Look at big. Look at the real world. Look at Big Brother. Look at The Bachelor. Even look at Amazing Race. Look at Survivor. The original concept is still the same. That's what the audience loves to see. You have to keep it fresh year on year. Little twists. Right. The show I did, Paradise Hotel. Very simple format. The great thing about it is that you could adapt it for the viewer. Sometimes you could adapt it for the budget. You can right. adapt it for the culture. You know, we do it in slightly different ways in different countries. Mm-hmm. Shows like um, I've, I've worked on other game shows like Who, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or um, The Weakest Link. Sure. Those shows are exactly the same in every single country down to they've cast a host that looks and sounds like the original host. Wow. They're, a, they're game shows in a studio. The right. lighting when, when they're about to go to the finale is exactly the same. The right. sound effect you know, is right. exactly the same in every country. But these big competition shows on location where you're following stories, you can be much more adaptable. And in other countries, you know, the culture might be different. So you might change the type of challenge that you would do. The Amazing Race Asia is quite different. Oh, is it? Maybe you could get on that one. I, I, I'm, He's Rob, trying to get on. I, I'm trying I, to get on Amazing Race for Big Brother. They're they're like my two favorites. Like because I'm a manipulator and I would win that fucking thing. And that's I, why you would never be cast on the show. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I know you, you know too we much. We should have we should have sent him your tape for Big Brother that I took of no, you, no, no. and then he could have given you notes. No, no. Next time I'm going to have you record produce my audition tape. Pretty much everybody who says to me, "I want to be on." X, I say, don't do it. I know you're going to tell me not to do it, <laughs> but I need to collect the miles, first of all, for Amazing Race. So don't you don't get miles. You're not collecting miles. How do you I, not get miles? Of course you get miles. You're not putting your number in every time. You're, go- yes, you're, you're racing to the next thing. No, I'm going to put my number frequent in. Frequent flyer numbers. I'll be on, I, sorry to burst your bubble, but the producers don't get miles on Amazing Race either. Well, I'm going to get my miles. Just no, trust you're me. You're not. That's not. So, that's not. And then. Never um, be cast. Have you ever been fired from a job? Not yet. Well. But I also, I also, not that I would, not that I want to be fired from something, but it also, you know, if you're a creative person, whether you're an artist or a producer and you're trying to give the viewer something that they've never seen before, you've got to push the envelope in some way. Right. And, you know, if you can be in a, in a safe environment, like when you're developing something where it's okay to fail, you know, we, whatever job we're in, you know, you want those moments where you're coming up with new ideas. You want to be in a safe place where it's okay to suggest something crazy or to try, try something new. Then to fail is great, you know, because you are trying different things and some hopefully you'll hit on things. And I'm as grateful for the failures as I am for the hits, you know, all that sure. stuff. You learn just as much, sometimes more. Um, so the people that have fa- uh, you know have been fired from a job now whether that's 
because they've done something, you know, that's they've been disqualified or it's illegal or whatever it is, that's different. But if you've, been, if you've been fired because you tried something and it didn't work, that's really disappointing because that's kind of the, the point of our business is to try things to find something new. Well, that's the issue is nowadays, especially... You're always more interesting if you've been fired from something, aren't you? You've got a better, much better dinner, dinner so. party story, yeah, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we love a fire story. Oh, we have need to ever, do a whole podcast about ha- have all you ever things le- we've been fired oh, from. we've been fired. Well, I threw, the first time I, ha- I had to let someone go, we don't say fire, Allah. So we let someone we go. We do here. I threw up. I was so <gasps> nervous. Oh, oh re- Rob, oh, what God. a pussy. <laughs> well, I'm a good person. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so Rob, thank you so much for doing this. Project Runway All-Stars Season 6 will be airing. It's coming up, yeah. Yeah, very soon. Anything you can tell us? Any fun tidbits, behind-the-scenes dirt, spoiler alerts? Yeah, you will think that I'm just saying that this is the best season we've ever done, but everybody, when we were filming, was saying this is the best best season we've ever done. It it's, is the best season. <laughs> no, it done. is. It's the biggest. We have more contestants than ever. Actually, we refer to them as designers on the show, to be right. respectful. We don't say contestants. Um, it's the, yeah, the most designers we've ever had. There are some that you will know. It's a mix of... Um, previous uh, Project Runway winners and Project Runway All-Stars winners. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of competition between all of them because there's some natural rivalry between them. There's some rivalry because it's the competition. Um, some of whom have been judged by these uh, the people on the judging panel before. Some haven't. Um, we have a brand new set that is a, that is very different. So the way that we do the runways are, are different. Um, and we have some big stars coming in who are huge fans of the show as well. So everybody from uh, Whoopi Goldberg Ooh. to RuPaul to Ooh. Catherine Zeta-Jones, all of whom asked to be on the show because they're fans, wow. which is great for the designers yeah. to actually see that people in the media actually watch and support what they do. So they come in and judge. We have some twists that I'm never going to tell you about. Of Can't course. wait. Um, but also the journey that these designers go on during this very crazy season where a lot happens is worth watching as well. And the fashion, Allah, is awesome, awesome. right? The the fashion that they come up with, I'm amazed at what they can do in such a short space of time. So the new season of Project Room All Stars is it's so good that every, everybody who's been involved in the show, like, like the editors are going crazy about it because we're just finishing the series now. Wow. So um, can't wait for everybody to, to see it and hear about it. And then you can tell me whether you like it or what you didn't like about it because the viewers are our judges just like everybody else. That's and then cool. we'll put those, that feedback into the new season, hopefully. Great. Um, and where can people find you on social media? In hell. <laughs> in social media hell. Can they tweet you if they want to talk to you about the show? Or Okay, forget it. He's not on the social media, people. Yes, he is. What is your social handles? Come on, Rob. This is a new world we're living in. It's got to be at Rob Bagshaw or something like that. Just Google him. Google Rob fucking Bagshaw. Send me a message on Facebook. That's yeah. the I, do fa- I do Facebook. He's so old school. He's still got a... Tweet at Project Runway All-Stars. Well, don't do that. <laughs> I think it's at PR All-Stars. Yeah, it's PR, yeah. I know, but send me a message on Facebook and I love to hear from, uh, from viewers because we've had suggestions from viewers for challenges and creative ideas that have ended up in the show. Oh, cool. Uh, because why not? Everyone, everyone can have a good idea. Sure. Right? They love to steal an idea. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. As always, I'm Christine Lakin. You can find me on social at Yo Lakin. And I'm Ala Khaled. You can find me at Alec Led. And then Stephen Ray Morris... 
You can always find me at Stephen Ray Morris. He was so quiet this episode. So quiet. He doesn't watch reality TV, you could tell. He's very highbrow. He's like, he only does premium networks. Yeah, like he was at HBO the Greek last Netflix. night listening to some very emo music. Yeah. That's, that's what Stephen And I was watching do. Little Women Atlanta, Moni's getting married. So you can see the disparity between our, our crew here. All right, everyone. Hope you have a great week or a worst week. You can always email us at worst ever podcast at gmail.com and also if you want someone to appear on our show tweet their asses and and tag us and make sure that they get a hold of us because we'll interview them especially if they're any little women from any i would prefer it or oprah winfrey okay thank you at oprah bye-bye